This is the Mobile Home Park Lawyer Podcast with Fur Neiman. If you're looking to generate wealth and passive income in the lucrative world of mobile home parks, you're in the right place. You'll discover solutions to the common legal and operational pitfalls and how to optimize parks to maximize income. Your host is in the trenches. He's a real estate attorney, financial analyst, and mobile home park investor and operator. Now, let's turn it over to Ferd Neiman. Welcome back, Mobile Home Park Nation. Ferd Neiman here again today with another episode of the Mobile Home Park Lawyer Podcast. My guest today, I'm glad to have him on here. He's recently a new mobile home park owner-operator. He's getting his feet wet. He's out of New York City, but he's, uh, like many, he doesn't want to invest in mobile home parks in New York City or New York State, so he's moved uh, to the next couple states over, but uh, we'll hear more of his story here in the coming minutes. Please help me welcome Joshua Diaz. Joshua, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, Fred. How are you doing today? Hey, no complaints, man. Beautiful, beautiful sunny day here in Kansas City, which is rare this week. It's been raining like crazy, but uh, all good here. What about you? Uh, I, I wish I had what you had. We just uh, got past the heat wave. It was pretty rough. Yeah. We hit, uh, what is it, 105 yesterday? Like 50% humidity, yeah, it's, uh, and I had to work, so it's, it's a little rough. I'm, I'm glad it's a little bit over now. It's now it's the 70s. Oh, wow. That's a big, it's a big drop. So good it, it, was, it was pretty wild. Yeah. Well, great, man. Well, I know you a little bit. Tell, you know, our, our audience may or may not know you, so maybe tell us a little bit more about your background um, and how you, how you chose MHP and how you got started, and we'll dive into some of your, your, first, pro- your first projects and lessons learned. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> My background is a simple average blue collar guy. Uh, I currently have a full-time job in security, union guy, average salary 40K, nothing really special. I've been in New York City my whole life. Apartment living is pretty much all I grew up with. Um, as far as how I got to where I am now, it's uh, I can primarily thank Bigger Pockets for that. That started the uh, started the real estate itch in general. Bought my first duplex because of it about four years ago decided putting a lot of work but there's not so much coming out of it i mean it's doing okay but uh you know i would need to get a lot more of those in order to make a real impact so i started looking around looked at apartment buildings uh script malls that sort of thing and uh the podcast actually kept mentioning um mobile home parks once or twice the first time i didn't really think much of it you know everyone has the stigma and i had it as well i was like oh i don't want a trailer park it's all the mess with that but then they kept talking about it and i really started doing some serious research and i decided this this model especially the park owned home not the park owned the tenant owned home model is it's right up my alley it fits with my schedule and everything so i decided to jump in ask around for more information found some other podcasts from ryan norris found yours just started digging in on the commute to and from work i just listened to everything i probably went through at least three a day just coming wow. and going on the commute yeah That's awesome. it helps when they're in 30 minute blocks because it, it's processed a little bit easier some of them like kind of long with the other ones but yeah i just did as much as i could did research for over a year and decided to uh, jump in with the help of ryan and one of his uh, mentorship programs and joined that and uh once i was out pretty much in uh last year in november made my first attempt uh used you for that as as you know and uh, it didn't really work out then i went to the second attempt and that's the one that stuck and now i'm an owner of a small 15 space mobile home park man good deal no i think it's great that you know 
takes offers, you gotta make offers to find them to stick, and you gotta find a deal that's right for you. That you know, a lot yeah. of guys. I was talking to some guys earlier today, and then like, what's the best deal you did? And I'm like, the best deal I did is the deal I didn't do that I shouldn't have done, because yeah. you, know, you, you do you get you get four really good deals, and then you blow it all in the fifth one. First four don't feel so good anymore. So I'm just yeah. you know, trying to do. You hit it, get a base hit on every bat, you know, and just don't, don't strike out that way, you know, and then that's, that's a more conservative approach, but I think it's, uh, it's, it's what works for most people, especially as you got, you know, like you, you got a full-time job. Okay. Probably not going to take the deal. That's 200 pads. It's got to redo the sewer and hundred, hundred yeah. pads vacant and 50 and 50 people are sex offenders. And, you know, there's going to be, oh, there's a lot of hair on that, deal, right? So getting a couple on your belt, that's good. So, Tell us, you know, as you've been in the business now for a little bit, what are some lessons learned? I mean, it's always, I always tell people the first three months is the hardest. And then the next three is still hard. And then it starts to get like, okay, I think I can do this. Maybe I'll even do it again. But the, it's always, yeah. I, in my opinion, even now we buy a new park. It's like, oh, here we go. First three months, sub meter, impose rules, demo houses, you know, mm-hmm. get rid of bad tenants, increase the rent. You know, here we go. You know, and that's just the hardest part. But that's my experience. Tell me, tell me more what you've learned so far. Well, I'm gonna go to both of the parks that I attempted, the failure and and this one, because they both taught me very different things that I think are super valuable. Uh, going to that first one, it was about a it was 104 spaces. So I tried to start big, and that was my my first lesson. I I think I tried to go a little too big too fast, and I went a little bit over my head, which is fine. You know, you got to go at your own pace. It was about half empty. Um, a quarter of the homes needed to be rehabbed. I found out pretty much at the last minute there were some abandonment homes because someone just died in one. So there's a lot to tackle right off the bat. And uh, well, on top of that, I didn't have the money. So I was also trying to find some partners at the same time. So there was too many moving pieces. And that would be the main takeaway from that one. Like uh, you're starting out, you probably don't want to go for too many. Uh, you don't want to make it too complex. And that's what I try to do. And ultimately, that's, that's why I backed out. There, there was just too much too fast. And um, I decided I, I was probably going to mess up somewhere major. There was a lot, so much work that had to be done with this. So that was my, mostly that one. Um, the one I have now, I'm currently in the process of uh, pretty much redoing all the leases. The last owner, um, I don't know if uh, it was just something they typed up themselves or just found something offline. but. Uh, yeah, I have, I'm in touch with a lawyer now and a, and a PA about the leases and he pretty much told me um, it's not really legal. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to send my own out, you know, via certified mail and all that and uh, make sure you get on board because if anything happens, God forbid, it's, uh, it's not going to end well. So um, it's similar to what I had with the, the duplex, which I still have now. So um, I noticed a lot of things the previous owner did is either cut corners or they took it way too easy. Um, I mean, I'm laid back, but uh, not that laid back. So it's a, there's a lot of little things to fix and there's a lot of logistics to go through. So um, for anyone who is getting their first parking one, you want to take a look at that because there's so many little things you can easily miss. And I, I've missed a couple before this, this guy told me what was up. So uh, there are still a lot of pieces, even though it's smaller, but um, I mean, it's, it's more manageable than trying to go too big. But uh, you know, you just got to look out for all these little things. So I'm just gonna go through one thing at a time. Yeah. No, I think I think that's, I think that's wise. I mean, there's a it's, I tell people all the time this is not an easy business. It's not I don't call it the no. 
I don't call it the real estate business. I call it the operations business, the management business. Mm-hmm. It's very management intensive. And you got to have systems. You got to have checklists or you will miss, you will miss stuff. And you know, you're going to learn or you're going to miss stuff anyway. It's just you, you, you want to try not to miss the big stuff. You want to try to, you know, you know for example, yeah, yeah, make sure you've got a valid lease, right? Because you, know, you don't want to you may need to have a problem. Make sure you don't have life safety issues, right? Yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of different moving parts, but um, that's good that you've, you've done you've done it right from the beginning as far as get educated, you know, from work, work with other professionals and then tackle something that is manageable. And then just, you know, a little bit at a time. You're not going to turn around everything in a day and um, think that's, that's all right, you know? Yeah. 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 So what's, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, that's not sorry. I was just going to say, um, like you said, just surround yourself with professionals. Um, one of the first things I did was join the Pennsylvania Mobile Manufacturer Housing Association. And they gave me all the information for, for the Pennsylvania lawyer I'm using now. And they have a, a wealth of resources that I can always go to. So it's, you know, never be afraid to ask for help or never be afraid to ask, period. You just don't know what you don't know. Well, that's, well I think that's right. And I see you on other forums on Facebook and LinkedIn. So I know you're also connecting with people on there. Yeah. That's, a good, that's a good thing to do is network with other operators. When I, when I got started, if those things were available, I didn't recognize and I didn't use them. It's like, and I didn't know anybody else was operating. You could, or I came, I'd go to the same hometown, like, oh, you got some mobile home parks? Go call some other people. And I'm like, these people aren't people I'm going to learn from. They've been doing it for 50 years the same way. They, I'm like, how do you get a submeter water? And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, you're not going to submeter water. <laughs> like, never heard of that, you know? So there's, you know, there's definitely good places you can get that kind of information, get that kind of networking, and it's definitely important, especially, you know, when you get started and you've got a small team, you know, you know, a smaller budget, you can't afford to hire a regional manager with five years experience, right? You need to learn it yourself and you need to try to get it, get it for free resources. And, and then you, you, know, you do one, it goes okay, you get an inch to another one, right? And then you, you continually get better and that's, that's important. What are now? What would you say is the most surprising thing that you you know positive that you didn't expect when you got you know when you're thinking about getting into business? What did, what did you, what has surprised you that's better and what has surprised you that's worse? Uh, if you can think, I'm putting in your spot, but can you think of anything? You're yeah. like, oh, I mean, a good positive would be this mobile home park I have now. Um, everyone is like is super great. I mean. I've heard that uh, most residents are like more laid back type, but as far as like working with me, um, the guy I have there who's uh, act, the acting manager now, he's been living there for about 16 years. Um, this is the kind of guy who would give you his shirt off his back. And I wasn't really expecting that. I mean, yeah, I was expecting you know, a cordial relationship, but this guy like goes beyond and he takes care of everything. And he's like, oh, don't worry. You know, you can text me, call me anytime. And it's like, I was a little surprised by that. It's like, wow, this is like a down-to-earth guy here, and I, I just wasn't expecting it. That's, that's good, man. Yeah, that, finding good yeah. management and good maintenance personnel is, is always a challenge, and when you find them, you really appreciate them. Yeah. It's hard. It's not easy. I'm, yeah. It's like, oh, my gosh, this guy is the best thing that sliced bread. Then a lot of times you're like, yeah. is there anyone here that can even read the water meter or that can even post a notice? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Yeah, the funny thing is like the old uh, owner like tried to warn me about I'm like, oh, watch this guy. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm sort of like watching and like, I get, I don't get any bad vibes or anything like that. And then I found out later, 
him and the previous owner had a blowout over over something else. So like, oh, that's that's just something personal between them. That has nothing to do with how he's running the park and you know taking care of things. So yeah, it's you know you gotta trust but verify. That's the saying, right? Just uh, yeah, trust but verify. It's like okay, I'll, I'll trust the old owner. I mean, they've had the park for decades. But at the same time, you know, when something doesn't seem right, you got to investigate. So uh, yeah. I did, and that, yeah. You know, it's interesting when you hear you hear these stories like this. And we just bought a park in mid Missouri a month ago, and we hired a park greeter who lives in the park, and this guy's name is Buddy. And half people say, "Oh, Buddy's great. He's been here forever. Everybody knows Buddy. He knows everything about the park. He knows where the sewer lines need to be fixed and where they don't." And, and then I have other people say. You guys are hiring Buddy. Buddy is a disease. Buddy is a problem. He's the worst ever. And then I asked the old seller, what do you think of Buddy? He's like, oh, Buddy was my manager for years. Buddy's horrible. You know, like, okay. But so I'm like, well, which, which is it? And I'm like, Buddy seems amazing. You know, so it's, but again, like watching him, like, what's the deal? And, and it's not like, like, is he stealing? Did he steal from the last kind of thing? But for us, like, he doesn't control the money. Like, he can't steal from me. No. I mean, he seemingly is not walking around drunk and driving heavy equipment. And like, what's the problem? No one's accused him of any sort of you know, inappropriate behavior or breaking into a home or, you know, chasing women or something like that. Like, what's wrong with Buddy? And rumor, personality, who knows, right? The person that has violations doesn't like the guy that gives issues violation notices. So it could be that. So it's just, it's important to kind of keep your head on the swivel, keep a constant review. But yeah. you know, sometimes you got to give people the benefit of the doubt, you know, and then watch them closely. But so far, this guy, I'm like, this guy's good. What is the problem? It's been a month. There's no problems. There's only good. What, what am I, you know, unless he's going to later come to me and ask for permission to get the rent paid in cash, you know, which I'm not going to let him do. I don't, I don't, I, mean, I feel comfortable with him, right? So that's something you got a guy similar to that that is valuable to you. Yeah, for sure. And uh, with my park manager, pretty much he's friends with every single resident in there. Well, except for one who is, uh, well, we can talk about that too, if you want. That's uh, a sudden challenge comes out of nowhere. But uh, as far as the manager goes, like he's friends with everyone, every single um, resident that, uh, that I've been in contact with now, and they're all pretty much senior citizens. So when they're laid back, they're laid back. Uh, but uh, yeah, they're like, oh, that's my friend. Like one of them said, oh, that's my best friend. Like he takes care of us and all of that. So if, if I listened and just got rid of him on a drop of a hat, I probably had some serious problems. I would have had a revolt probably. Because <laughs> they, they sing his praises. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm glad I didn't, you know, go by just the first thing I heard. So it's no. always double check everything. Right, you get the second opinion. That's, that makes sense from getting bids on tree trimming to you know, failed sewer lines, oh, yeah. giving, people a, giving people a second chance. Yeah, for sure, for sure. What other tips do you have for other people kind of similar situations to you, whether it's coming from regular day job, looking to invest on the side, um, looking to, you know, jump into a new deal? What, what advice can you give from your, your experiences? Uh, be open to being creative because a lot of how I even got this park and the funding for it was being creative. Um, I borrowed money from family, which I'm currently in the process of paying back little by little. So yeah, private lenders, family, friends who are willing to do something like that. Not saying that they have to sign, you know, on the loan for you or anything like that. But if 
if you can um, do that, uh, starting small, definitely. Like I said, you know, you don't want to go too big and get yourself in a mess, even if you can't afford it, which I couldn't. And basically, if you have to do something else to build up to it, do that. Um, like I said, I started four years ago with a, with a duplex and it's, you know, it's appreciated pretty well. I've just refinanced out of that and that's where most of the money came from. So it wasn't even something related to mobile home parks, but it ultimately helped me in my goal. So, you know, just explore all the avenues you can because you never know where, what can lead where or what sticks. You know, don't be so rigid. That'd, that'd be the best thing I can tell you on, on that. No, that's good, that's good advice. I think in, in talking about your duplex, I've had duplex, I still have a couple duplexes actually, but um, just, you can learn skills from duplex business. You can bring the mobile home park business. You know, a lot of it doesn't carry oh, over. Oh yeah. You know, but a lot of it does. In your case, money of it carried over, but you're dealing with leasing, dealing with dealing with contractors, dealing with showings, dealing with vacancies, dealing with repairs, dealing with banks, dealing oh, with yeah. it all, it all, a lot of that will carry over. Um, so no, I think it's I think it's important to uh, whatever background you've got, you know, see what you know, some people you know, if you're if you're a dentist, you know, you're probably not going to bring as many skills as if you were a general contractor. But the dentist undoubtedly has skills also that will be beneficial in the next business operation. So, uh, I, I'm a big fan of you know, look at your past, bring what you can. If you don't have enough, well then use what you can, and or figure out where your blind spots are and either hire it out or partner up. Yeah, and you can learn as well. To this day, I've never used a property manager. Everything I've and I've stumbled through it. I've hit brick walls and bashed through it with my head. It's uh, all the experiences from that duplex onward. Just you just gotta do it. You can you can learn and read all you want, but it doesn't really come to you until you actually do it and see what happens. So uh, that's that's what I feel. That's a good point. I've got friends that'll ask me like, "Hey, should I? I want to get in this business. I got a full time job. Should I hire a property manager? This is for doing a couple single family or duplex online." Look, yeah. it's, at some point, you're going to want to hire a property manager because property manager is not that much fun, but also you can't scale unless you hire other people. But right. in the beginning, I would, there's no way I would outsource it. You know, I would, you know, I would be the guy to change the locks and paint the doors and mow the grass and, you know, just to get a feel for that, move in the appointment, mm -hmm. do the showings, answer the calls, organize, schedule the plumber, meet the plumber. And it kind of sucks, but yeah. You, get, you get a feel for it. You get you get a feel for it, which makes you really more empathetic with your future property management staff. Like, I know what it's like to get the tenant to call you and yell at you, cuss you out. I know what it's like to meet the vendor and he didn't show up. Okay, and that's not fun, right? And then when you experience that, you're like, you know what? I should probably appreciate my property management staff, my future park managers, park readers more because oh yeah, remember back in the day when I did that crap? Well, they're doing that. That's all the time. And holy cow. I, you know, it just gives you a different perspective, right? Yeah. yeah. It helps you build the systems that you can later use to scale up with in the first place. That's how I, I have my system now. It's mostly Google Drive and a, and a file cabinet. It's small, but it's something I that works that I put together from all everything I've learned. And uh, yeah, it's, it's tell you what, you, what you were just saying reminds me of a, of a funny story from, from the duplex. I have gotten that 12 a.m. call in the middle of the night saying, oh, my pipe in the basement just burst and it's currently flushing right now on a Sunday. This is on a Sunday. Guess what plumbers don't do on a Sunday? I scrambled and reached out to a, an uncle who used to be a former contractor and he happened to know someone who actually like 
did a personal favor to have a plumber come out later that Sunday when normally they'd be like, you're out of luck. Wow. So, uh, yeah, use your connections. That's another thing. If you have connections, sure. use them, make friends, family, and you never know. Ask. I didn't know my uncle was a contractor for 30 years. He apparently built a whole bunch of houses up in Middletown, New York. I would have no idea if I didn't, you know, tell him about the business. Like, oh yeah, I just bought this house here. Like, oh, did you know I used to build houses there? Like, no, <laughs> I didn't know that. Well, I do now. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, he's great. That's great. It reminds me of what my dad used to do for situations like that. When we buy a house, he would put like an orange, like a, like a little sticker you see on like a Christmas gift or something. He would oh, put yeah. on the string an orange sticker and it would say, master water shut off or gas shut off or whatever else you want to identify you hang it right there from the pipe so that because there's all these pipes and nozzles and where's the vent and all this crap and people in the average tenant or even me or you would not even know but he'd get in there and look and he'd, he'd label these things so that a situation like that he could oh, tell yeah. the resident go find the orange tag turn it off it's a water shut off and and what that would happen sometimes what you would do is you'd recognize that it wasn't a water shut off it was at the street on the city main. We're like, okay, that's a problem. So you could tell the city's gonna turn it off. You could install the shutoff valve. In mobile homes, man, especially this last winter, it was so cold in the Midwest. We had, you know, several lots where they didn't have a functional shutoff valve. So now I'm like, now I'm like, I need to put it, make sure the shutoff valve on every single lot because if the pipe bursts, in which case they did several times for freezing, I can't turn the water off. Once they turn off the whole park, well, I gotta give notice to do that. And I wanna make sure do it right yeah. and, and uh, inconveniences everybody else and just a big pain. So uh, yeah, you can, that's just another lesson learned here that we, we, we stumbled on accidentally is label, you know, assess in the beginning what you got and what you don't and then label it. And I, you know, I've learned to look underneath the homes to see what the underbelly looks like. And is there proper uh, insulation? Is there proper vapor barrier? Is the skirting good? And, you know, these sort of things that are not really, in most cases are not gonna be deal breakers when you're underwriting a deal. But the things you can undercover in your due diligence that you can later, you know, remedy early on in the ownership cycle so that the big problem never happens. It's just basically preventative maintenance, right? Oh, yeah. You know, and uh, it's one of those, you know, you don't look at it until until it's a problem. You know, I've had houses that don't have water heaters. I I didn't think think to open the closet and look at the water heater. I'm just like, of course it has a water heater. Well, okay. no, it doesn't. Yeah, poof, thousand bucks. When it happened four or five times, like, oh, man, I would have paid five thousand less for this part. You know? Yeah. Diligence is the mother of good luck, right? Yep, and uh, that's not just looking at papers and and reports. It's it's making those phone calls. I pretty much called every single contractor who serviced that park and got their information from their end. And that's how I also find out like all the additional services they can do to make life a little bit easier when time comes. The same guy that does the gravel for this park that you know, I'm gonna get that paved eventually, but right now he just fills in with gravel. He also does the snow removal. The owner was using someone else as I think was a little more expensive, but if this same company can do it for a, a more reasonable rate, yeah, why not? But I wouldn't have known that if I didn't ask. Yeah, that makes sense. Again, it's always good to find good vendors and. Yeah, a lot of these guys do more than one thing. It's just uh, finding guys reliable and, you know, has insurance or signs a waiver or you have the insurance to cover them for things like liability. You know, that's always a a concern. I've got one park in Des Moines where there's 
the road system is such that it's just, just down back, straight shot. There's no turnaround. Oh, I see. There's no loop. So most of the trash companies wouldn't do the, wouldn't do the work because you can't turn you can't turn truck around. They don't feel like backing up all the way onto a busy street or backing down in all the way. So I was like, crap, I didn't I never thought about that before. That you can't get you can't get a trash company. So I had to find some little small small time player with a pickup truck and try to pick up the trash by hand. And you know, lesson learned. Well, now I know next time I see a little, a little street with a straight shot, I might have to get a non-professional trash carrier. Well, guess what? The non-professional trash carrier probably doesn't have general liability insurance workers comp. Now I got to dig into that. What's that going to cost me or him? Or is there a waiver? Is there somebody else? And it's just, you know, something I didn't think about, but came up. Now I think about it. So that's what you're doing is you're, you're stuff that you now thought about that you may not have. Some of it you learned from others. Some of what you're learning School hard knocks, but it's still learning, right? You know, still yeah, it's true. Always be learning. Yes, man, great. All right, Josh. Well, I appreciate your your insights, your tips. Before we jump, anything else you want to share or say before we uh we go? And if if not, where can people uh, find you? Well, yeah. I mean, last thing I can really say is like expect the unexpected. Um, I did mention briefly earlier about a eviction that just suddenly happened. Um. This came out of nowhere, literally. So just one month, this past month, just no payment. Try to reach out, nothing. The father of the, the residents in there reaches out and said, I've been trying to get my, my daughter out of there for like the past month now. I even bought another house for her. She's not talking to me anymore and her and her boyfriend are just in there. And, and now the other residents are complaining because they're doing all these sorts of things now. He also just likes, like, I'll sign over the home to you. It's like a 1960 home. I'll just sign it over to you if you want to do the eviction and just take care of it because I'm, I'm done with this. So, uh, yeah, he's like, oh, he doesn't even want anything for it. He just, he just wants to me to take it off his hands. Like, I'll give you this house for free. I'll sign over. I went to uh, go to my notary and all that. And uh, I actually have the title now in, in hand. Wow. And that's 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 the weirdest thing that I've I've never even heard of other people coming across that, but apparently there's some sort of you know interfamily issues or whatever. I'm not going to get into that. It's not my business. But uh, now I have a home, one park-owned home, with a resident. I now have to evict, which is why I'm glad I have the that lawyer now because he's working me through it, this whole process. Now there's a lot of moving pieces. So yeah, so expect the unexpected because I had no idea that was going to happen, but. It is, and now it's something I'm going to have to deal with. Good, advi good advice. Yeah. And you'll, yeah. <laughs> you'll have, next time, you'll have 100 more of those. Unexpected. Yeah, I'll be ready now. It's, I'm taking notes of everything. I always write down a little journal and things. So, uh, yeah, that won't catch me by surprise anymore. But, um, All right, Josh. Good stuff. You want people to reach out to you? Where can they, where can they find you? Yeah, I mean, uh, I have my account in bigger pockets. Um, it's pretty much my name, Joshua Diaz. Um, like you mentioned, LinkedIn is also there. Same thing. You'll you'll be able to tell it's me because of the hair. <laughs> um, other than that, if people can reach out to uh to my email if they want to like, you know, get some more personal advice or if they're doing something and they want you know second opinion, they can always reach out my email. It's uh, J S H L E E D Z at gmail .com. Basically, my full my full name, first, uh, middle, last, you put it all together. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it, Joshua. Have a good rest of the day. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thank you for having me. I really appreciate this. You got it.
All right. Take care. You've been listening to the Mobile Home Park Lawyer Podcast with Ferd Neiman. Ready to learn more? Go to www.themobilehomelawyer.com for free resources and materials to help you succeed. If you love the podcast, go to Apple Podcasts, give us your review and subscribe today. Thank you for listening. Neither the Supreme Court of Missouri nor the Missouri Bar reviews nor approves certifying organizations or specialist designations. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements.